Hello. Today's episode is with Charlene Adzema, who is an Irish fiddle player, violinist, and music teacher in Madison, Wisconsin. We get into a cool conversation about her history in Irish fiddle, playing in competitions, her history as a performer, classical music, a little bit of music theory, and a lot of her thoughts and philosophies about music education. But before we get to that, a few announcements. The first is that my band, Sap and Claw Elixir, will be playing this Sunday in in Los Angeles, California, actually North Hollywood to be specific, at Universal Bar and Grill for part of their Americana night. So if you're in the L.A. area, come on out, check us out. We're going on at 10 p.m., but there's going to be bands going on all night, so come have a drink, hang out. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, Also, our latest EP, which we put out in May, is doing really well. We're already at over 10,000 streams, so thanks to everybody who's been listening to that. And if you haven't had a chance to listen, it's called... First Tap EP by Sap and Claw Elixir. It's available on Spotify and Bandcamp and Apple and Amazon and anywhere you stream music. So go check that out. The other announcement is that as a musician and podcaster myself, I operate on the value for value model, which means that any value that I provide to you through my content, whether that's through music or that is through podcasting or any other online content, Uh, I ask that you respond by providing value back to me. There's a few easy ways to do that. You can like, you can leave a comment, you can subscribe, you can engage in the community around my work, which I love. And if you'd like to donate uh, monetarily, you can donate one-time donations to my Venmo QR or to my Bitcoin QR, or you can also subscribe on a monthly basis to my Patreon with the link below where you get access to bonus content and things like that. All right, on to the show. Hello, everybody. I'm here with Charlene Atzema, who is a uh, violinist, fiddle player, music educator, mm-hmm. uh, Irish musician. Yep. Yep. And uh, we met many years ago now. Yeah. Uh, must have been 2012, something like that. Something like 12 or 13. Yeah. When we both worked at Rhapsody Arts Center yeah, in Verona, go. Wisconsin. We were teaching music lessons. I know! It was a long time ago. And lo and behold, we're, we're here. <laughs> I'm teaching music lessons. Yeah. In back, this space. <laughs> back, in, back in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. How's, how's life? Life is um, as exciting as it can be for, um, you know, a, a professional parent with two small children yeah and um trying to juggle all the things <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so you have your own studio here now that's what that's where we're in right now i don't know if anybody can hear the the piano going do on. you want to hear the story of yes, this yes i would love to so love to rhapsody which is where we both were at yep. imploded around april of 2019 yes and it took me seven places and one year uh, to find this space. Okay. Kim, um, who was the music therapist, she already found this space because okay. it's really hard to find, you know, an, an office space where you can play music. Right, right, of course. Um, I went to a place called Matrix that was okay. really interesting. It was a good idea, but it was, um, I think it was difficult for them to carry out with the. Um, with the price that they were offering, it was 50 bucks a month. Okay. Which is nothing. Yeah. For any use of any space. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
So I'm just like, uh, you know, I'll sign up. And, but there was no point to signing up because nobody was there. But then I found out why nobody was there. Because um, it, as the days got shorter and the days got colder, um, the, I would need heat because I was in the basement. Right. Oh, yeah. I needed heat. So what do I do? Uh, where's the heat? They're like, oh, I have some space heaters. Okay, cool. Plug them in. Boom. What? Zap the bra- breakers die every time. From there the was, heaters? <clears throat> just from, you know, from... Ooh. Yeah, they, they draw a lot of, of power. <laughs> so um, so that was bad, um, you know, and, and mice and all, right. all sorts of other stuff. Nice. And, um, I mean, it just wasn't... It was dour. It was a good idea, but, it, you know, for 50 bucks a month, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can bump yeah. up. So then I looked on Craigslist, and I found... Uh, this guy who said, I'm, you know, I have a, an office space in my suite to rent. And so I'm like, well, I'm a musician. Is this okay? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, really, I'm a musician. I play. It's loud, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. and, oh, it'll be fine. And, uh, you know, you walk into the suite, and there's the guy who, like, is the main renter of the suite. And then there's all of us renting from, subletting from him. Mm-hmm. And it was nice. I felt like I was in a, like, a... What was it like a sitcom with like people from different um, areas of work, and we all kind of lived in the same place. Yeah. You know, it was weird, but it, it was it was too loud for them. It was too uh, awkward. Yeah. Um. And and I could hear the the sex therapist next door. Oh. Oh yeah. Whoa. So that was maybe awkward too. So That's great. Uh, exactly was, what you want when exactly. you're working with kids on violin lessons. It's the best. Yeah. And wow. I'm like, this is. <laughs> That's quite a problem. I know. And I mean, they like, were like. Shh, shh, don't talk about that. Exactly. I'm like, and they're shouting, okay, curse words. This is cool. So, um, yeah. So eventually I, I got in touch with Kim and she said she found this place. Uh-huh. Um, she had a small, um, small office just down the hall. And I was like, I wonder if we could go in on a suite. Yeah. Yeah. So we looked at this place and we're like, hmm, let's do this. But, you know, it's kind of pricey. Maybe we can get third person. Right. So we called, we put it out there and Richard, who we all know nice. and love. Richard, Richard Flecker. Flecker. Yeah. Yay. Great pianist, music teacher. He's, he's here somewhere. Yeah. So we can probably say hi, maybe. I mean, if he doesn't bike away. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so um, Richard's like, yeah, because he needed a place to store his, his awesome grand piano. Mm, it was in storage at Farley's. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So he was like, yeah, I can spend 300 a month to teach out of a studio space I can get into at any time. Yeah. With three, two other people I know and trust. That's amazing. Right? Yeah. This is this is a dream. It's a great. Yeah, yeah. We're at the end of a building. Uh-huh. This is a break room. Like this, this other. I'm pointing to a wall that is not connected to anybody else in my office. It's connected to the next office, and um, that's a break room. Perfect. So nobody cares. That's great. It's amazing. Just you know, kind of got to work on some heating and cooling stuff, but and oh, sound abatement. But that's I all. see. But it's not so bad. I mean, honestly, like, just a little bit of piano coming from next door, I feel like it's pretty normal. Well, uh, Kim is, does music therapy, so uh-huh. we might get drums and... I see, I see. ...and all sorts of other stuff, too. But on the whole, we, we have been thriving. Yeah. I mean, in college, when yeah. everybody's practicing, there's music coming from everywhere. Yeah. There's no real... No, and it's, it's awful, <laughs> but... Well, but <laughs> let me awful. give you the, the best part. So I get this. I get this space. Guess when? March of 2020. Oh, no. Oh, yes. (laughs) It's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, man. It's a good space. (laughs) And you can't even use uh, it. I know, and I had to keep paying for it. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So I didn't use it for like a year. (laughs) 
That's terrible. It was horrible. At least it was only a year. So you were able to start using it a year in. About a year and, you know, or a year and a half or whatever it was. But it was like, ugh, like after all of that. Seven places, a whole year, finally find something that I think is going to work, and then the pandemic hits. And you're like... You know, I give up. Oof. But you don't give up. You got to keep going. Yeah. So. Did you move any of your students online? Did you ever move to the online oh. teaching model? Oh, yeah. yeah. I got good at it. Yeah, nice. Do you I'm, still do it? I do it. I mean, you look like you set up a little bit Oh, for yeah. It. Well, so, you know, it's excellent. It's, it's one of those, you know, it was frustrating at first because you had to not only teach but also troubleshoot tech. Yes. You yep. know, yep. and I know enough about tech to kind of get people going but i am a pc person Mm, okay okay so i know what to do when you got a pc right you get a mac then i'm just like it it is different you got a whole different look and feel and i don't have anything to like go on at home to help them out and the thing that drove me the craziest and i I apologize in advance but the thing that drove me the craziest was the people who needed help were usually the mac users (laughs) right i mean i'm just saying like because they're like oh yeah i just plug and chug right yeah yeah and um and i'm like i can't you know but you know it was a good learning experience and so i learned more about the ipad my daughter had an ipad Uh so at least i had that so i i had like three out of the four main yeah. platforms. I mean, iPads are tough. Actually, mm-hmm. most of my students are online now, mm-hmm. and the ones who use iPads struggle the most because you can't adjust the sound settings on an iPad yep. properly, nope. whereas most laptops, you can actually work with Zoom so that it doesn't cut the sound out when it thinks the yeah. music is background noise. The original and sound. And a real problem. Yep. So any of the mobile stuff, so yep. whether it's Android or iPad, you're going to not be able to do original sound. Yep, at least. As far as I know right now. They yep. could keep changing, and I don't know, because I, I don't think I have anybody dealing with mobile devices right now. Uh-huh. And the mo- most of the people that I'm teaching online are um, either, like, they're just trying to keep the germ level low. Yeah. Or, you know, weather, or sure. just, sure. like, short notice, like, hey, you know, I'm not going to drive in from Mount Horeb or whatever. Yeah. And I go, that's great. Zoom. Yep. Done. Exactly. I'm ready to go. I mean, that is miles Very away convenient. from where... Oh, yeah. We were. Oh, yeah. Right? Can you imagine in, you know, December of 2019 trying to convince your students, oh, it's too snowy, just hop online, we'll do it. I mean, I had a couple I was trying to convince, because I was living in L.A. at the time, and I had some, like, way on the other side of town, so it was easily an hour and a half, two-hour drive to them. And I was trying to go, you know, maybe let's every other do online, and they didn't quite, they weren't quite on board, but then the pandemic hit, and they were like, oh, let's figure it out. I know. And I, I, moved, I, I moved recently from L.A. to Austin. Mm, oh, really? Yep, yeah. So you I'm might living... know some of my friends. Oh, cool. Maybe. Yeah, we'll yeah. So okay. I'm living in Texas, but I kept all my students in L.A. Nice. So I still have all my L.A. students. Yeah. Well, I still have all my students from that I left in Rhapsody. That's amazing. I know. That's so good. Uh, my job, I felt like during the pandemic, was primarily keep them playing. Yeah. And keep them happy and, yep. like, feeling good. Because the pandemic is horrible, yeah, and there's yeah. nothing that's gonna make you feel worse than <laughs> right. quitting your instrument. Yep, yep. I think. Um, I also continued group lessons online, which was really hard. Yep, yep. Those um, are hard. Because the way I do group lesson is very interactive uh-huh. and very much based upon listening to the person next to you and playing with them. Right. You can't hmm. do that as yep. easily online. Yep. There are ways. Yeah. 
but then you've got to deal with all the tech stuff and yes. you're like, is it worth it? Yep. Is yep. Yep. It? I know. I know. So do you still run group, group classes online? No, I gave that up after the first summer. I can I'm like, see that. Yeah. <laughs> I got a couple I'm doing and they're tough. Yeah. I Let's put it this way. If, if I were to do a group class online and I have considered this because I think my skills are unique enough yeah. that people all over the United States might find it yeah, interesting. Um, it would be more like not so much about ensemble playing, yeah. but more of a group version of one-on-one. Sure. You know, sure, sure. learning some technique stuff and, and some tunes and, and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, the ensemble playing is so difficult. It's online. Although nope. it does open up a whole bunch of new things because on the podcast, I do free improvisation with people online I where know. it's completely out of sync. But then, but that's the thing is then you have to adjust to playing out of sync and the nature of your playing is completely different. Oh, goodness. <laughs> there's no well, beat. There's no pulse. It's just, it's just interacting with motives and sounds and things. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a whole other it's topic. It's weird. It's very weird. But <laughs> I, I think, I think you might find a fan with Richard. I don't know. I think so. <laughs> yeah. We know. <laughs> yeah. I bet he'd love it. I bet he would. <laughs> yeah. So, so moving, moving from the, the teaching side to the playing side. Mm-hmm. So you play Irish music, you play, I, I've heard you play some classical violin. Sure. Um, where would you put yourself? My in, wheelhouse is in Irish. In the musical world. Okay. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a gigging musician, like, performing. Uh-huh. I play Irish music for performance, for people to enjoy and be entertained. Yeah. But I also play them for Irish dancers. So I'm oh, a glorified, <laughs> I'm a biological jukebox. Great. Um, and it's, I mean, it's backbreaking work. It's uh-huh. not for everybody, I would say. Right. Um, I used to, as a, as a teenager, I did Irish dance, so I'm familiar with the world. Uh-huh. I know, like, how it works. Um, but you got to sit there and play with a metronome for eight hours. Right. In public. Right. You know, so, but, you know, it's, it, it actually has made me, I don't know, it, it makes me better, I think, as a musician. Do you, do you play with a click? Yeah. In your ear? Oh, no. And it gets, well, so for a while, well, shall I go back? Sure. In history, an Irish dance, the musician would just play, and the dancer, who was solo, would say, faster, you know, have their hand, like, come up, you know, go faster, or or push it down and go slower, you know? So So they didn't have a metronome. So they're in charge of the pace. The dancer's in charge of the pace. Well, a long time ago, that's how it was. Okay. Okay? These days, um, the technology is such that they can require us to play with a metronome oh Oh, yeah so to to keep it fair and even sure sure, you know and that makes perfect sense and there was a time when i first started playing i think there were some people who didn't play with metronomes still played old school Mm -hmm. and some people who did play with metronomes and that's that's where i come in and then just recently in the past mm, 10 years let's Uh say the drum machines come out right okay and hear hear me out the drum machines are played through the speakers sure and I struggle with this okay. on many levels. Like, so for me, dance, you're dancing to the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shouldn't you maybe dance to the music? Yeah. Why am I there if we just have the drum machine? Yeah, absolutely. And I was just like, this is so bizarre. But on the other hand, if you're playing with a beat that everybody else can hear, mm-hmm. um, the dancer's always going to be on time. No right. one's ever going to complain that you were off time. Right. Those are also important yeah, things course, to notice. Yeah, of course, of course. A few weeks ago, I was playing up in uh, Minneapolis area for, it's called a FESH, an Irish dance competition, F-E-I-S. Okay. And uh, it, was a, it was a smaller FESH, 
but um, I had, at one point I had four stages all at once. Now, usually you might think one musician, one stage. You were playing on I was, four stages so at the same time? So I was time? in the middle and there were two stages on either side of me in this giant gymnasium. Wow. And I can't tell you how thankful I was for that drum machine. Of course, well, it's probably so far away from you. Well, I mean, no, no. Seeing so and hearing. And... I don't have to worry about them. My job is to play, okay, we're doing slip jigs. We're doing them at uh -huh. uh, 113. Okay. And I'm going to play until everybody's done or until I feel like I really need a break. Because okay. I, I timed myself. I did 13 minutes. I was like, oh, this is pain. And I'm wow. wondering. Yeah. And, you know, playing very specific stuff for sure, sure. everybody and they got to start on time and uh, anyway i had a really good group that okay. was like starting all the kids on time getting it going was it just you playing were yep. you the only musician only musician wow. yep so i got to play i had the little and the drum machine was in this case it was just like a metronome beat boom which is perfect because another problem is you know as a fiddle player it's hard for the dancers to really get that you know that pulse so okay. clearly um it's preferred to they prefer to dance to accordion players huh yeah accordions have the bases right okay right. like they dun, generally dun, dun. yeah you know or whatever right. you know so they like the bases they like the big sound you can hear and, and generally speaking, they're the piano accordions. So yeah. they're the same in and out. So it doesn't matter what you're doing with the bellows uh -huh. so much um, as like, you know, wow, a button cool. accordion where it's yeah, diatonic yeah, yeah. where you're in and out. Um, so you really get, regardless, you can get a real big, you know, with the accordions. Sure. And so they feel really solid with those. They don't love the fiddle players quite as much because it's not quite as sense. obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I've, I've really had to change my style of playing when I play for dancers in order to make it easier yep. for them to dance. Because uh -huh. it's not about me. Yeah. As many as much as I like to sit there and go, I'm bored. I want to play a different tune. Yep. I want to play something new and interesting. You know, sometimes I'll play something that I think is new and interesting and I get dinged by the judge <laughs> and the judge says, can you play something they can dance to? Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You know, um, so I'll do that for hours. But uh, that's... That's kind of like my my heavy lifting labor yeah. gig, but it's a very specialized job. It is. There are very few people who know how or would even be willing to do that. Yeah. Honestly, so I feel like that's kind of cool. I mean, it it brings up all these these questions as you talk about metronome, about connection. I mean, so what you're talking about before about the the really old style of mm -hmm. the dancer actually sort of being in control of the tempo and being able to shift, yep. there's a real connection happening between yep. the player and the dancer, and they have to communicate somehow, musically and visually and all sorts of things like that, versus bringing the technology into it, which eliminates yes. a lot of communication. It does. And then you have more than one dancer at a time. Right. So, I mean you got to keep it simple then. Right. Right? And they're they're competing, right? So usually when they... Oh, it's them a competition. All, it's a competition. A simultaneous competition? So, yeah. So it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> you got to come to a fish. <laughs> um, I think I'm playing one in September. So, um, no, it's it's insane. So each of the, each of the stages has a judge, and they've got all these kids lined up, okay. and they go two at a time. Okay. Um, and they're separated by age group uh -huh. and also by skill level. So 
beginner one, beginner two, novice, prize winner, then preliminary championships and open championships. Okay. Oh my goodness. It just goes crazy. And then each of those, outside of the champs, each of those has a reel, a, a double or light jig, uh-huh. a slip jig if you're a girl, a single jig maybe, a treble jig, a, a hornpipe, maybe a set dance. That's like seven or eight different wow. dances that you'd have to do separate as well. And then when you get to the champs, then you, a you have a soft shoe, a hard shoe, and then a set. Okay. It's, oh. <laughs> so everybody so has to do all that stuff. Yeah, well, I, I mean, see. is that why they do it simultaneous to get through people? You got to get through it. I there, this was a small yeah fesh this past few weekends ago, and that was at 250 competitors. Wow, that was small. And I remember when I was, I mean, I say that small. I mean, there was a lot of people there. I yeah. played for eight hours on Saturday. Wow, eight hours solid. Um, part of that was because they they have this new thing where they call it uh, second chances. So basically, I played two competitions, uh-huh. entire competitions in one day. <laughs> and then I did it again <laughs> on Sunday, but only without the second chance. Yeah. So I, that was only like three or four hours. It's interesting. And I kind of imagine, maybe yeah. I'm wrong, I sort of imagine that you are expected to kind of be a machine uh-huh. in a way. You just got to churn it out. It's, and you have to churn it out right, I imagine. Yeah, you got to get it right. And it, it's... Um, it's a it's a tricky situation to be in because you're so you're your own metronome working with a computer metronome yep. or a digital metronome or something and I mean you screw up from time to time sure. you know you they know that you're not a machine like if your brain just goes Bleh, you yeah. know like I don't even know what I've done that it's, it's really good for the improv uh-huh. improvisation I see. aspect so like this music is not super improvisatory right like it's sure. very like this is how the tune goes. There are a lot of options for notes, but in general, this is how it goes. Uh-huh. Um, you can kind of take it places and bring mm-hmm. it back, but you've got your eight bars, your uh-huh. eight bars, your eight bars. So, um, but sometimes I'll like forget what's the B part. I guess Ooh. I'm gonna make one up. Nice. Yeah, as long as I'm on time and it sounds halfway decent. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> and I keep thinking I should probably record myself while I do some of these, and maybe I'll find some cool tunes. Yeah. You know so. I don't know. Awesome. Do you do you compose also? I do. Oh, cool. Well, there we go. There's, yeah. there's a, I mean, there's actually more we can talk about here. We have but I'm so interested. Much. I'm interested in, in the the composing side of it too, because yeah. I feel like most most musicians are composers in some way. Mm-hmm. Just that you don't feel like having that official label because of the whole academia thing. Maybe yeah. you know. And and for me, I'm so far out of. Musical academia, it's ridiculous. Right. You know, like I, I majored in geology. I'm wow. A, I'm a crazy rock person. Okay. I went to Iceland for my senior capstone project. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, I brought my whistle with me and played and sat around a campfire and sang songs in Icelandic with some random backpackers. I know. It, wow. Life is weird. Life is so really So you study weird. geology? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now you're a professional music teacher I, and performer and... Well, you know, when I was in high school I and grade school, I didn't... I don't think I did the the practicing quite the way the teachers wanted me to. Mm, okay. If that, I like this. Yeah, I'm going to say it that way. Okay. Because I, I hesitate to say, like, oh, I never practiced. Uh-huh. But obviously I must have done something. Sure. You know, and I keep beating myself up because that's how mm-hmm. a lot of music education is done. I, whether it's, like, meant to or not, uh-huh. we still feel that guilt and that shame of going like, oh, I should have done that. Right, what right, if I right. didn't do that? I'm not good enough because I didn't make it into that orchestra. Sure, sure. Blah, blah, blah. But what I discovered um, 
I don't know. I, um, I don't know. What were we talking about again? I'm just like, Composer, oh, all these ideas. College, geology, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm like my the, brain. The, the practice part is interesting, though. Yeah. I feel like some of my best musical playing are not things that I have tortured over in the practice room, but it comes sort of when you can figure out how to be at ease with it. Yep. And practicing is important and it's not. And it's, so. I struggle with this as a music teacher also because I, I often worry that I'm basically teaching my students to be mediocre because what they need to do is something that I can't tell them how to do. Right. And I... Okay, so... Over the pandemic. Oh, you've yeah. opened up a whole other door yeah. here. Watch out. Watch out. So um, <laughs> during the pandemic, I had a lot of thoughts, yeah. especially when you're like sitting there on a computer going, how? Because I'm really hands on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like here, move your hand like this. Uh -huh. You're done. Good, good, good. Um, and I'm like, how do I get them to do what I need them to do right. and be musical and, and mm -hmm. skills and, ah, you know, it's a big, yeah. big umbrella. Um, so I'm part of the Suzuki Association of Wisconsin, uh -huh. and they, over the pandemic, they hired a guy named Greg Goodhart, G-R-E-G-G, okay. um, to uh, give a lecture uh -huh. about learning. Have you heard of this guy? No. He's really interesting, actually. I mean, he comes off a little bit like, you know, snake oil, uh -oh. like as you might, sure, sure. right? If you're a self-help person, I don't yeah, think... Yeah, yeah, that, that kind of thing. Yep. I don't think you can get away from that. Right. But it was... TED Talk-ish. Yeah, yeah. But he was really interesting and gave me all these um, bits and pieces that I'm still trying to put together because I think he's probably also still trying to put it all together. Uh -huh. Or, I mean, or he couldn't fit it all, like all of his information into an hour and a half lecture because uh -huh. it was a lot. It was like nine important things. Um, one thing, let's see, wh where shall I start? So there's that whole concept of deliberate practice. Right. And um, uh, what's the word? Let's see, I always forget what the word is. Not reactive, but it's in that realm um, where you bring it back, where you recall, recall, mm. you know, and that sort of thing. So um, deliberate, of course, is saying, I'm going to practice this thing. I want it. I know that my goal is to do this. Yep. End of story, right? And then the recall is um, review and all that stuff is just go in, don't think about it. Yeah. Okay. And those are two separate ideas mm -hmm. that we have to both use. Yes. Yep. You know, and he did it in a really interesting way. Uh, apparently, in your brain, when you're doing deliberate, focused practice on a repetitive task or, yeah. or whatever, um, you're only going to learn it if it's interesting to you. Right. Which sounds like duh, but still. <laughs> um, but what that what I'm saying is that you've got to it's got to be slightly challenging. Right. Not right. Overly challenging. Yes. But yep. Slightly mm -hmm. challenging. So apparently when something is slightly challenging and, and has your focus. Yep. Um, there is something in your brain that uh, so, you know, when when we're doing something, our neurons fire and they connect through the uh -huh. synapses and all that stuff and then that creates the pathway that we're going to go that we're yeah. going to take the next time it'll be faster the next time because of the the myelin sheath mm -hmm. that wraps around the axons um as a um Whoa. you know what i'm talking about a little bit a little, a little bit yeah, just yeah. a little bit so it's uh sort of like you know you have a wire uh -huh. and you drive electricity through it and um you get uh, more electricity stays if you have it more well insulated. Sure. So it's the same concept in our brains. And apparently, like some enzyme or I, I don't know any of this stuff really, but something gets released when we focus 
and get engaged with something. And it wraps that pathway. It's in, like, let's in my remember life. this. Let's really remember this. Yeah. And so, like, apparently, like, that's physiologically what is happening cool. when you do that, right? Yeah. Okay, so there's that. There's that. That's deliberate practice. Uh-huh. And, and that you don't need to do that very long. Right. Like, seriously, like, it's a lot less time than you think. Like, a yep. minute, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay? Or at a time, thereabouts. Once you get it. Um, and then he'd say, okay, you got to clear your memory for about 30 seconds. And now your job is to don't think about anything. Just do it again. And do uh-huh. not judge yourself. Interesting. Which is really important. That's tough. I know. But seriously, you, can, you could disembody yourself and say yeah. like, well, you know, other Charlene is doing this. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, past Charlene other did Char- this. You know, if you needed you could give yourself a fake name. I don't yeah. know. Whatever works. It's great. Isn't it, though? And and apparently, you know, so the first time, and you got to tell yourself, this is going to be bad. Yeah. And that's fine. What yeah. we're doing is we're testing the pathway. We're not trying to create it. We're testing it. Yeah. And because that's what you do in performance. Yes. You can't overthink in a performance. You will fail. Oh, yeah. Every time. Yep. It's, it's that thing where it's like, oh, it's coming to the hard part. I hope I don't mess up. I hope I don't mess up. You You're... will. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Every time. <laughs> Watch yourself about to mess up. Yes. Yeah. So what, what they're having you do, what he has you do is like, okay, we'll play it. And he's like trying to keep you, you know, a metronome, really trying to keep you in the moment so you're not thinking too hard yep, about yep. it. And he had him speed up. And it's like a little parlor trick. They get yeah. better at it. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, there it is. Yep. Like that, that little nugget of information that he imparted during the pandemic has like made me it's really huge. think about. It's yeah, huge. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is so cool. And it makes me go, should I go get a graduate degree in this? And then I go, how much money do I want to spend? Yep. That's a great question. <laughs> that's a, that's a, okay. Yeah. You probably already know this one. <laughs> oh man, man. How much money should you spend on a graduate degree? Yeah. I don't know the answer yeah, to that yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how much is appropriate time? Time. I have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. Yep. My brain is not my own. Sure. Sure. I was asked recently, what is the most, um, what was it? What, what is the thing that you treasure the most? And which is a really hard question. Yeah. Right. And I, I mean, at the moment anyway, I'm, I'm like my focus Mm, okay. I really want my focus back. Um, trying you're to read a little, something. Like, scattered at the moment. Oh yeah. Well, you're a mom, you're a parent, yep. or whatever. Yep. And you got you got to be on. You know, you're on call. Right. Um, practically twenty four seven. Yeah. Um, I'm not on call right now. Well, could be, but right. yeah, I'm I'm free. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Something I come here happen. and I'm free. <laughs> yeah. So so anyway, that that was something that was one of the many things. That I learned um, about learning. Which... Yeah. And ha- have you applied it to your own practice then? Yeah. I've like come up with cool little charts and stuff. And um, in fact, I, I don't know if anybody yeah, can see okay. this, but I, um, there's a, I need to make this actual chart. Okay. Where um, one side is red. Okay. okay. And that's when you're trying to do a thing and you are panicking. When you're in that zone, you can't do anything. Right. Um, I panic um, oftentimes by crying. Mm-hmm. Some people will panic, like my daughter, by throwing a tantrum. Sure. You sure. know, or just, you know, some kids just crawling and just yep. like, yep. I can't do it. You know, sorry, I say kids because I teach a lot of kids, but I also teach adults yeah. and adults do the same thing. We all yes. reach the panic zone. Yep. We got to recognize when we reach the panic zone because then it is time to do one of these things. You can yeah, make it. Nice. Make your... The thing that you're doing, make it simpler. Take some notes out. I don't know. Yep. Fewer Boeings, nothing. I don't know. Slower, which we've all heard, but, yep. you know, sometimes you got to say it. And shorter. Don't play as much. Hmm. Yeah. Don't 
you know, and so that's that's how we get from the red into the yellow, which is that slightly challenging yes. but doable area. Yep. On the other side is the green. Yep. Okay. And that's when things get boring because they're easy. Right. Okay. Yes, yes, so yes, yes. I want to make some more signs that go like maybe on that wall yep. that have the opposite thing. Well, now it's time to play them longer. Time to play it faster. Yep. Time to add those more complex elements yep. to it. Yep. So that you can. The longer, shorter one feels like maybe the most difficult of the bunch because if something's boring, playing it longer in a sense might not have. <laughs> might yeah. Have. We'll see. Okay. So so if it's boring and you want, well, I just do it for an hour. Yeah. Well. Okay. How can we make that? That would be hard. More challenging. So longer is not the way to do it. Then. Right. I mean, that's I mean, a real focus test. That's, that's a focus test. Yeah. Well. Because I bet you, maybe the green turns red at some point. Because maybe that that sense of ease is not really ease. Yeah. It's panic. Right. If it's easy, you're comfortable. Yeah. Right. All right. But maybe you're panicked because you're like, this is boring. Yeah. I I'll tell you very bluntly that Suzuki Book 6 okay. was awful for uh -oh. me. Not all of it. <laughs> but like some of the, the Handel Sonata stuff. I'm uh -huh. like, I am playing this note for how long? You know, you're supposed to shape yeah. it, and I don't like, I don't, this does not move me. Like, right I don't care now. about this note. I want more notes. Stupid note. <laughs> yeah, I want more. Can you give me more than one, you know? So, you yeah. know, I was like, oh, these are my college audition pieces. Oof, oof, yeah, and, like, yeah. These are not showing off what I'm interested in uh -huh. at all. Uh -huh. So, that was... So what yeah. what was your relationship to music in college then? If you were if you were a geology major, yeah. I assume you were playing. Oh yeah, I took lessons all the way through, um, private lessons. I got scholarships to take lessons because otherwise mm -hmm. you had to pay for them. Um, I, I took enough music theory to be dangerous, which is <laughs> okay. all I ever wanted, because I don't need to know about Napoleonic Six. Uh -huh. I don't sure. care. <laughs> yeah, right. I just need to be able to tell what key I'm in uh -huh. and what to tell the guitar player. <laughs> Right. You know, because that's all that matters yep, at yep. some point. Um, I can also harmonize stuff, you know, like cool. I can write three, four part harmony and, and all that. I mean, that's pretty important. Yeah, but it was just one year of theory. Yeah. You know, and that's and learning how to transcribe. You probably know more theory than you have language for. That is my guess. I mm. think that most. I, yes, I have definitely. an idea that I'm going with that. I think most theory that is actually learned is embodied. Yeah. And I always use the song Hallelujah, the Leonard Cohen song, oh, mm -hmm. because I think that that song, the chord progression to that song shows you how you embody theory, because mm -hmm. it has both the major and the minor pole, of C major and A minor, and mm -hmm. it tonicizes both, and then it sits in the middle in this ambiguous space, and show, it's, it shows you how you can sort of put theory into practice and embody it. And I think that most accomplished musicians have a lot of theory yeah. in their body. But you're right. Um, you don't have a lot of words because that's where the academia part steps in. Yep. And the people who have been like garage banding forever, who can accompany anything, you know, they just go, oh, I don't know any notes. I don't understand yep. any major you know, theory. It's like, well, play the note that makes you sound like you're at home. Uh -huh. Check. Play the one. Yeah, you know, it's the one. Play the one yeah, that right. makes you feel some tension. There's uh -huh. your five. Yep. Maybe the one that makes you want to go somewhere else, like the four. Yep. You know, and that's sort of how I'm actually introducing that to students because uh, one, four, five, one is yeah. boring and doesn't mean anything. Yes. Yeah. You like if you want to listen to it. It's devoid. It's devoid of of uh, any any connection. Yeah. And I mean, it's clinical. It is. It's incredibly clinical. And, and I'm like, I don't, okay. It's, it's good for like people who already know the language and can interpret. Mm -hmm. But when you're just trying to like teach someone to care about it. Mm -hmm. 
So how do you care about it? So I, oh, I care. How do I care about chord progression? <laughs> how well, do you care? That's how a great, do I, that's how a, do that's I a weird care? question. I love it. Oh my good, that is a weird question. <laughs> how do I care? Um, I so I'm not a chord player, right? And I'm becoming somebody who's more interested in chords. Okay, but you know I'm fairly limited because what if you call it harmony instead of chords fair enough it could be harmony yeah harmonization well it's easier for me so when i think of harmonization i think mm -hmm. of like i don't think of the harmonic chord area that you're going right. to be in i think of like those two notes sound real nice together mm -hmm. and it's doing the thing i want it to, to do but not necessarily like, oh yeah, that's the tension and you know, that's the sure. you know the development or anything. I I don't know. But if you play like something like Ode to Joy, mm -hmm. where the the first half of the melody clearly ends on the five and the second half of the mm -hmm. melody clearly ends on the one, you feel that in your playing as a melodic player. That's yeah. that's what I was asking. So, oh yeah, yeah. So, so the harmony Call in the response. fact that you're playing you're playing a single line melody, mm -hmm. or maybe if you're something complicated, maybe double stops, triple stops. But but basically mm -hmm. you're playing a single line melody. You're you're playing something sung, but it's all related. It's all tied into harmony. Yeah. And I I think that harmony and melody are essentially the same thing. Mmm. I get you. Um, in Irish music, we don't have a strong chordal or a comp uh, right. Like we we don't have a tradition of that. I mean, I, we have. I've noticed this, and it can be hard sometimes to write out the chords for a guitar. There's and, a lot of options. Yes. And there's a lot of decisions one has to make. Uh -huh. Like, okay, you know, well, they'll use the word modal. Yep. And that can mean a few things. Uh -huh. That could mean mixolydian. Mm -hmm. That could mean Dorian. That could mean pentatonic. Yeah. Okay, like, we have no idea. <laughs> What's the third? Should we even, like, mention the third? Yeah. There is no third. <laughs> let's not talk about that. Yeah, let's not talk about the third. <laughs> you know, so, you know, and, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that today I, I found out one of the greatest... Um, Irish guitarists, uh -huh. like, I'm going to say of all time, because he really was that great, um, passed away yesterday. Oh, His name okay. was Dennis Cahill. Um, I knew him personally. Oh, wow. Uh, he played with a, with a guy named, um, a fabulous fiddler by the name of Martin Hayes. Okay. And also in their five-piece group, The Gloaming, which I think you would dig. Okay. Okay, just throwing that out there. Like, they are... The Gloaming? The Gloaming. Okay, I cool. I think you would dig it. Like it's kind of got the atmosphere thing, okay. And but it also has, um, like, I don't know. I think you'll like it. I don't know what else to call it. You'd That's great. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll listen. You'll listen to it, the okay. Gloom. But anyway, but 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 Dennis, um, Dennis, Dennis was real interesting for Irish music because he he didn't have, like, an Irish music background. He had like a rock background. Hmm. Okay. okay. You know, and and I don't know if he did jazz or, or didn't. I, right. I I would be, but but his style was likened to jazz. He did a lot of finger style mm -hmm. work, and the thing that I understood about him working with Martin was that you know they'd say like we're gonna play these tunes, so yeah. you know the general like where this is going, but like you don't really know where Martin's gonna take it. Mm. And okay. so he would watch him and listen yep. and just had just enough accompaniment. Yeah. So he was not driving Martin. Martin was driving. Yeah. Okay, you know how a lot of, I'm sure you understand this, from like rock music perspective, guitar drives. Yes, absolutely. You know, and violin just like plays extra stuff. Yeah. Folk music, fiddle drives. Mm -hmm. And the guitar assists. Yes. You know, and Dennis was 
the consummate assistant. He would not get in the way. That's great. He would just add what needed to be added. Contextualize it. Oh, he was amazing. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm still stunned that he's gone, and I, I'm not even sure I get it yet. So, y'all have to look him up. He's yeah. phenomenal. Uh, out of Chicago. Okay. Yeah. So. That anyway. sounds exciting. Anyway, so that's that's so Irish music, chord, you know, backup is. Um, I think it only really goes back to maybe the early 1900s with some guitars okay. and some piano here and there, but it's not as strong of a tradition as the melodic right. tradition. So it, I mean, it, I, that that modal contrapuntal idea I really like because mm -hmm. uh, so like for me, like as a composer, Bach is like mm -hmm. the be all end all kind right, of thing. Right. Yeah. But what I love about the way he he writes music is that he doesn't really write chords. Mm -hmm. Chords are, they mm -hmm. can exist as a consequence of the fact that voices are moving. Yes. And so, yeah. similarly, writing out chords for Bach is a little bit goofy. <laughs> and, like, maybe it'll work on a prelude here and there, but it's not really... It, you're not going to get that much out of the music by looking at it that way. And I found the same thing about... I haven't played much Irish music, but I've mm -hmm. occasionally accompanied fiddlers and things like that. And mm -hmm. it's similar where... Writing out chords, it's something is not exact. It doesn't feel like that's quite what's happening. Right. Um, this is funny. So years ago, I went to Los Angeles. Uh -huh. I was 17, I think. And uh, my dad's got a first cousin. Okay. Who's a famous music producer. Okay. His name is Pat Leonard. All right. He's uh, worked with uh, Madonna. Cool. And uh, he was on the Michael Jackson Victory Tour. Oh, wow. I know. And so That's I was amazing. just like, oh my goodness, I get to see this guy. <laughs> my dad's talked about him, but he's, you know, he's, yeah. whatever. Anyway, I, I was like, oh, you want to play something for him? I'm like, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. what am I going to do? I mean, ah. he's got a Steinway in his house and it's floating. Like it literally is like suspended from the ceiling. What? Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. To like it's assist with. from the ceiling. Yeah, to assist with pure, t I don't know. His wow. ears are special. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he dropped out of high school at age sixteen. He, I mean, he, okay. he was probably like kicked out of high school. Sure. If I'm honest, you know, and so he just, you yeah. know, exploded. And I'm just, I don't even understand <laughs> this. But yeah, he's from a small town up in the UP or something. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so I played for him, and I played a tune that I really liked that I think is in B minor. And he's like, "Wow, you could play any chords with these." That's great. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, maybe. It depends on the context. Yeah. Like, if you're playing with with other traditional musicians, they're going to have, like, a box that they want you to kind of stay in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you're kind of playing with, you know, something a little bit more outside the box, yeah, you could go there. So yeah. it just depends what you're looking for. He's, you know, got the creative side there. So, um, yeah. Music. <laughs> yeah. Music. Music. Oh. Is, Music. Ah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So so what, what kind of stuff are you working yeah. on now? Like what are oh, the other projects you have going? Projects. Well, um, I've got a band. Okay. And it's called the Lilies of the Midwest. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it's with some uh, local Madison folks. My okay. friend Kara Rogers, who plays concertina and accordion. Oh. And my friend um, Gina Schultz, who plays mandolin and also is playing accordion now because oh. the pandemic <laughs> suggested to her. I know you should yeah, learn accordion. Right. Yeah, of course we all so, learned something. Right, and but what she did was so cool. She she called on this guy named Dave Munnelly, who is okay. a fabulous Irish accordion player. Just 
killer. One of my favorites from like 20 years ago even. And she just was like, yeah, I'll take some lessons. Uh -huh. And she, you can do that. Yeah. It's online. Yep. She can take lessons from Ireland online. That's amazing. Yep. yep. I mean, and it works. Yep. Yep. And it's bizarre. Um, because we've got that infrastructure in place mm -hmm. now, uh, thanks on many levels, thanks to the pandemic. Right, right. So like we all accept it. We have the tech. We know what to do. Yeah. We've already done it. Yep. Oh, I don't know. I've, I don't like the pandemic, but I'm grateful for the change that, you know, the positive changes. Yeah. So anywho. Yeah. So, so your band. <laughs> so I've got the band and uh, we've got the, a few. Lilies of the lilies of, of the, the Midwest. Midwest. Like the lily of the West. Yeah. The tune, right? Yeah. Yep. There was a song. So there's a song. The song, The Lily of the West. I think. Yeah. Uh, I just know the Joan Baez version. Okay. So Joan I... Baez did it. Um, uh, what's his? Uh, I can't even think of his name. You know who I'm talking about. Other folk guy from the same era. Uh, Dylan. There oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Like the other guy. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's him. a few of them, but there's the big that one. So, guy. That guy. Um, and, I, and I don't know who wrote. I think it's an older folk song that's sure. been used a few times but i just thought wouldn't that be fun we'd be the lilies nice. of the west uh lilies of the midwest, midwest. Yeah, yeah right and i guess in one of the versions the the girl is named flora so okay. our ep is called flora oh nice which made sense that's great so yeah. is it available everywhere it is it's available on Bandcamp. oh go check out the ep on Yay. Bandcamp. the lilies yeah. of the midwest flora yeah. that's yeah. nice it's, is it the, it's the three of you it's a trio it's the three of us and my friend rick nelson who plays guitar okay um out of columbus ohio i've been playing with him since i was a teenager so oh, okay Cool. Yeah, so he joins us all the time, and we just got some pictures done with him, and we might be working on something Ooh, here in the future exciting. that's going to be really cool, but mm, yeah. So there's that. Okay. Um, we were talking about composition. I've yes. not done a lot of that, but I did get a really cool email yesterday and oh. followed up with a really cool phone call from um, my favorite fiddle player on the entire planet is Liz Carroll out okay. of Chicago. She's just a great wow. player and a great human being uh -huh. and very supportive and just, I mean, if you, ah, magic, yeah. just magic. Anyway, she's, she said, hey, you know, I heard um, your students the other day on, on Facebook. They played um, this tune that I think mm -hmm. you wrote because I went to her house and I played it for her there. And um, do you mind if I use that on a podcast? Oh, nice. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, so she's she's doing, um, this might be, <laughs> I don't know if this is supposed to be kept on the down low, but, but uh, at some point there will be a podcast and uh, it's not going to be very many episodes, sure. but on one of them, my students, um, Laurel and Jacobus, Lucy Jacobus, and uh, their brother, Lucas Jacobus, on banjo, uh, will be playing a tune that I wrote called Beth and John's Waltz, which wow. is for my, my, my brother and his wife for their wedding. Wonderful. Yeah. And I mean, I'm like, okay, if, if that doesn't feel like validation, I'm not sure what does. That's great. Right? That's that's amazing. It is amazing. So I was like, that, that made my day. I don't know. You're a composer. I know. You're I'm a composer. composer. <laughs> I'm a composer. I could have a tune book. I, I don't yeah, know. you no, should. You know, but I, I should have more than like 10. To, and I have more than that. <laughs> I have more than that. I just haven't, I haven't really thought about it in a while. But I find a lot, a lot of musicians, uh, I, I sort of mentioned it before, but compose a lot more than they even give themselves credit for. Oh. And actually, I think a lot of musicians who come to composing sort of as a natural part of their practice, rather than the ones who set out to be a composer. Oh, yeah. Actually come up with 
really beautiful, interesting things because it's tied in to everything else they're doing. They're music making, whether they're writing or not, versus somebody sitting in a room like, how do I write the perfect melody? They're not, they're doing creative work using the deliberate practice. Yeah. And you can't do that. Yeah. You got to do the creative work by just letting it go. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. hard. Yes. For some people. I don't know. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I don't really want to like spend all those hours trying to get really good technically. Sure. Maybe I, I don't know. That's a, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I'd like to be more technically proficient, but am I, you know, but, uh, you know, so I list, I, as a violinist, you hang out with like some classical folk right. or whatever. And I remember a long time ago, I talked to some other kids who were like, you know, majoring and, yeah. and, um, violin performance. And I had this discussion. I said, you know, I really favor music that makes me feel uh-huh. and or or I feel like they're talking to me or like I'm I'm like I get their music sure way more than any sort of technical ability sure okay like technical and then someone goes well but you have to have technical ability in order to be totally expressive I'm like well yeah but I'm not sure that you need right. to, you to get to like to totally express I mean I I, I think that's maybe a confused statement because it it's unclear be. what totally expressive means well, to I, me. I might have put words in his oh, mouth. Oh, sorry. I'm just, okay. I'm just thinking about what that yeah. might mean. But just to, you know, like, I mean, on one hand, yes, you have to be able to pull a nice sound out of your instrument or in order to... If you can't do what you're trying to do, that's a problem. Yeah. But sometimes you don't know what you're trying to do. Ah. Well, then what are you practicing anyway? Hey! Why practice things that you don't... I have this problem. Yeah. So yeah. I have a scale regimen I go through. Oh, my God. And every now and then I think, why am I doing this? This has nothing to do with anything. And then I try and change it to make it, to tailor it to things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Because why just play a scale up and down? Nobody's ever going to do that. Mm-hmm. It sounds stupid, too. Actually, I noticed this. <laughs> Sometimes you're, you're watching some video and they're like, this is the scale that goes with this chord. But if you just play that scale with the chord, it sounds dumb. It's like, no, 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 we're missing an awful lot of context here. And that might just be another level, you know, like where you're at is like, this is not meaningful right now it might have been more meaningful back right you know to, to to learn to understand how like when i was in high school i didn't understand any music theory stuff right at all until until i got to college and they introduced me to like the scale degree system right. i'm like bing i it's understand great. numbers yeah i know the distance between one and five yep you know, I'm not so keen on whole like soul. You don't like I, the soul fetch thing. I don't know it. I see. I see. Like I, I, I know like the, the relationships between numbers. It's the same thing. Oh, I know it's yeah, the yeah. same thing, but that would be another level of translation. So, uh, curious on your thoughts on this yeah. as a single line player. Yeah. So my composition professor in college used to say that he likes to think of himself as a pitch. Ooh. And if you're in a major scale, the great thing about a major scale is any position in that scale, if yeah. you look up, it looks different than if you look down. Okay. So that's part of why it's so easy to hear your way through a major scale and to know if you're on five or you're on one, because every position has a unique vantage point up and down. Well, that's different, weird different to think distances. about. So he said he always thinks about himself as a pitch, and whenever he's writing, he thinks, what does it look like up and what does it look like down? Wow. I feel like I need to get inside <laughs> that guy's brain more. And get some more context, because that's interesting. But then if you're improvising, mm-hmm. if you're thinking about the notes you're going for, are you thinking about sort of being the notes? Mm-hmm. And I think it, I had, okay, so I'll tell you another thing that's yeah. going on right now, and it kind of goes with that. So I'm teaching at the oh, UW Summer oh, Music yeah. Clinic. Yay! Mm-hmm. So, uh, it is the second longest run, or second oldest 
a youth music camp in the United States next to Interlochen by one year. Wow. I just did. learned this today before the podcast. Right? <laughs> I know, right? Um, 90, this is the 93rd year. Wow. I know. 93. 93. Dang. Dang. Um, but I've never done it before. Okay. But this is more or less the sort of thing that I am thinking of myself doing is like giving workshops and stuff. Sure. This is maybe not precisely what I'm looking for, but this is a good step in the yeah. right direction. Um, so I'm doing a fiddle band. Thing. Fiddle band. Fiddle band. That's what you're calling it. Okay. That's what they. That's what they called it. Oh, okay, and I okay. and I just said, sure. I mean, I'm honored. Yeah. Like this is, it's real nice that you thought of me. Yeah. You know. So, so I'm doing this thing. Uh, it it is. It says explicitly, this is going to be taught by ear. Great. Okay. And it turns out, <laughs> I've got all these middle schoolers. I've got like 20 middle schoolers. Yeah. And about five of them are really mad at me because I won't give them sheet music. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so good. I mean, really mad great. at me, like kind of like pissed off looking. Yep. There was a guy who actually was like, hey, let me see the music. I'm like, okay, here it is. And he's like, I'm going to get my phone out. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> nice try, buddy. Oh, so I, I did a little, you know, because they're like, one of them just went up to me and said something that I think I would have said to somebody else in okay. a similar situation. Not this one, but a similar one. I was never taught that, you know, you and, and I know. Yeah. And then you feel very out of place yeah. because you feel like you should already know it. Ah, I see. That's okay. tough. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. she asked me, how how can I... And I know she was still miffed about it. Sure. But she, she surprised me with her courage to say, well, how can I do better at this? Nice. That's and wonderful. I'm, I mean, she was still grumpy about it, but she asked me that. And I said, I'm going to send you right. the recording Yep. because I want everybody to have this. Yep. I mean, it is not expected for anybody to work outside. Yeah. You know, of uh -huh. the camp, you know, and, and someone goes, you mean we can't do homework? I'm like, You're allowed, but, <laughs> but it's not expected, you know? Like, I better not catch you playing this outside I know. of the <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. But, um, and so I had a, you know, a few very confused people because it was not uh -huh, that's, yep. on paper. Yep, yep. And I realized this because they were like, where do we start? How do we know we're doing it right? You've got to have... And the hard part is to make that um, connection in your head. Yep. You know, maybe you have to come up with a word, a picture, yep. a feeling. Mm -hmm. And that comes with practice. It's true. And that's, and I told him, like, I've been doing this for yeah. 30 years. Yep. Give yourself a break. You've yep. been doing it for five minutes. I, I think it's amazing, though, that, that you're doing this. It's uh -huh. I try and get all my students, I, I'm trying to get my students to do more and more by ear and me giving them less and less music. Yeah. Because holding yourself accountable to your own idea and your own hearing of something. Oh, it's How so do I know if I'm doing it right? Listen to it. Does it sound like you're doing it right? Do you think you're doing it right? They like, don't... do you think you're doing it? That, like, right off the bat, they're going to shoot up 10 points if they have an idea about whether they're doing it right or not. Yeah. And I think it comes a lot from being concerned about failing. Yes, yes. I mean, we, we all have this yep, yep, concern. Yep. Um, but, you know, and that was definitely like what, like those kids seemed like higher achiever type yeah, kids. Uh -huh. And they were makes it like very hard. really mad yep. at me. And I was like, okay. A lot of so pressure. who taught you, who sat you down and showed you the sheet music and taught you happy birthday? Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, what? I don't know how to play that. And like singing it. Oh, nobody. Right. Yeah. Um, how many times have you heard it? And one kid goes, 12. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like probably, probably more. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, All right. You've been counting. Like, you're 12. Okay. I got that. 
pretty good. pretty cute. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I hope that that like resonated with them. Yeah. Going, like you have a voice. Yep. I don't care if you like your voice or not, but you know how to talk. If you know how mm-hmm. to talk, you yep. can sing. If you can sing, you can play. Exactly. Whatever it is. And it's going to take you a while to get confident. I love it. If you can sing, you can play. Yeah. That's great. If you can sing, you can play. And and don't, I mean, geez, in, in Irish music, we've got tunes, right? Yeah. And we, we say, oh, do you, you know, we don't always have our instruments on us, but we go, oh, you know, this lovely tune, you know, and there's been times when I have no idea what people are singing to me, but we don't yeah. care. Right. You just kind of throw it out there on a lilt and, mm-hmm. and see if. Yep. People catch it. So you just do the best you can. So That's amazing. Yeah. But that's also building musical fluency. So it's interesting you say you can sing it, you can play it, and it actually brings it back to the beginning about playing with dance. Because I've I think that music is one of two things. Music is either singing mm-hmm. at its root, it is singing. Yep. Or it's dancing. Mm. Those are the two things you're doing. It's just it's a different side of the coin. So if you're the drummer, Maybe you're singing if you're a very particular kind of drummer, but mm-hmm. you're probably dancing. So there's, there's a rhythmic aspect, and then there's the... And if you're a guitar player soloing, yeah. if you're doing it well, you're singing. Mm. If you're just playing buttons, that's boring for everybody. Yeah. But the best guitar solos we can all think of, you're definitely singing. Yeah. You're not just playing notes. Exactly. Yep. And honestly, I mean, couldn't you sing as a dancer? Probably. Right? I mean... I'm not talking about the stage. I'm not talking about that. But yeah, I mean, you're just got, you know, you're making meaningful movements. It's it's your voice. It's the human side. It's the connection. You're not a metronome. You're not a metronome. You're a person. You're a human. So many questions about the metronome. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, you're not on time, or or, or just not just the metronome, but being like on time. Because I've been told, you know, many times, like, oh, you're not on time. I'm like, well, how do you know if you're on time? Yeah. Okay, good. It's not just me who goes like, how do I know if I'm on time? <laughs> like, I feel like, I, I feel like I'm on time if I'm just slightly energized. Yeah. Right. If I'm bored, I'm probably slowing down. Yep. And if I'm too excited, I'm speeding up. Yep. And you'll notice that has nothing, like, those are feelings. Yes. I, and I'm just relying on the feeling because otherwise I have no idea. Right. And, and I am perpetually confused as to why people are more interested in a digital version of something than feelings. I know! Isn't it great when something is like, oh, wow, they're like really going for it. They're cooking versus like, or like an interesting, like, oh, they're bored up there. I don't want to listen to this anymore. Yeah. Versus like, who wants to listen to a computer? I've never understood it. No. I, I want to listen to people. Yeah. And I want to hear what people have to do. I agree. And yeah. it's... It's one of those conversations you also have that with 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 people all over yeah. um, that you that you play with of, of various skill levels. Where I'm, I've been playing for thirty years, I can I play for Irish dancers with yeah. a metronome. My job is to be on time. Yep. And you know, and I know like that is one of the skills I've had to work very hard at. Yep. Like that is a failing or whatever you want to call it. That is, that is a challenge. It's hard to do. You know, to to stay on on time. People, I'll play something. And like, oh, that's too fast. I'm like, well, that wasn't the point. I'm just trying to get some yeah. notes out. You know, or or whatever. Oof. Yeah. But you know, you 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 go like, am I like an adequate musician if I can't tell if we're at a steady t- steady beat it's or hard. not? And I and I think it's reasonable to say this is hard. It is and hard. It, it is not possible to tell unless you have. Like, I think it isn't. Yeah. I mean, is it like perfect pitch? 
I mean, some there are some people who really, really train yeah, their maybe tempos, conductors and percussionists and stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's a training thing, but I think it's also we have we've developed very particular expectations due to the precision of technology that we mm-hmm. have available to us. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't believe what we do in Irish dance. They'll say, I want you to play, um, uh, what's it called? Like Ace and Deuce of Piperine at 76, which is horrible, horribly slow. It's a great tune, yeah. but it should not be played at 76. Anyway, it doesn't matter because <laughs> the dancer's going to dance. The slower the tune, the faster the dance steps, the more dance steps they can fit in. Eh, I yeah. see, I see. So, so it's like a It's not even really music anymore. To, yep. I'll, I'm going to say it. Live here on radio. It's not really music. Yeah. That's okay. Yep. That's it's just how things are going. So <sighs> anyway. Well, do you want to play some music? Yeah, let's, let's play. try something. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm open. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so we can play anything from yeah. weird to, to normal. I'm willing to see where where it can, where it goes. Okay.
That was cool. Yeah. That was awesome. That went all over the place. It really did. That was I don't know. Great. I haven't haven't done a whole lot of that improv stuff since um well, you know, Chris Collins. Oh, right. Yeah, right. he still comes over on on Fridays sometimes for game nights. And nice. Sometimes we do some some stuff, but not like, you know, we did back in the day, which was great. Those are good days. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for Thank talking you. to me today. Thank Is you there, so much. Uh, what do you What do you got coming up? Anything well, you want to direct the people to? Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to put this out next week. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, let's see. Ah, so next week, uh, well, if you're going to put it out next week, I believe it is Tuesday, July 12th. Uh-huh. The Lilies of the Midwest are playing in Belleville, Wisconsin Ooh, cool. for their concerts on the, uh, outside the library in the gazebo. We're nice. in the gazebo. That's what it is. Great. Um, and that's, I don't know, 6.30, something like that. And uh, I think we're also playing at Carbon 4 okay. uh, Brewery up um, just near like the airport and such in Madison. Uh, on my birthday, July 16th. Oh, exciting. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a big one. It's a big birthday. Ooh. Yeah. And um, so I'm having my own having my own birthday party. Thank you That's very great. much. That's great. Yeah. Good thing to do. Play a show on your Play birthday. Play a show on my I birthday. I played one of mine last year. It was great. It's great. It's a great way to spend the time. We're going to do this. And that's on July 16th. And I think we're playing, ooh, I can't remember right now. But you can go to charleneadzema.com. All right. Do it. I'll, I'll have it. It'll be linked in the yeah. in everything. I'll have all the links. All my events you. and stuff are there. And, Excellent. Uh, Dublin Irish Festival in Ohio at the beginning of ah, August. Exciting. Lots of stuff. Cool. Well, thanks so much. Thank thanks you. Thanks for talking to me today. All right. My Bye. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening or watching. Please remember to check out Charlene's links below. Also, remember to like, leave a comment, and subscribe. And if you're going to be in the L.A. area this weekend, check out my show with Sap and Claw Elixir this Sunday at Universal Bar and Grill. Also, if you're in the Austin area this Saturday... I'm playing with Ruby Groove at Doc's Fish House. And next Friday, I'm playing at Shakespeare's on 6th Street with Joyce Taus. Also, more dates throughout July and August. Go to my website. Go to Sap and Claw Elixir's website. Follow us on Instagram to see our latest news. We got a bunch of shows coming up. So I hope to see you all out there. Bye. (laughs) Bye.